clearly uh, Prime Minister Whitlam deserves an Oscar as one of the uh, great progressive leaders in 20th century Australian politics, but so too does State Premier Dunstan because Don was a pioneer on all sorts of things, Aboriginal land rights, women's rights, and uh, he was, of course, a great supporter of the arts. I know that because we cobbled together the uh, South Australian Film Corporation. But... Behind Don's successful entry into politics in the early 50s was a formidable local woman in a wheelchair called Doris Taylor. As a campaign manager, Doris helped Don win a seat in Parliament, but her main calling was as a champion for the elderly and the isolated. She went on to establish Meals on Wheels, which quickly spread across the nation and uh, continues triumphantly to this day. Historian Dr Carolyn Collins has written a butte piece about the dynamo that was Doris for the conversation. Carolyn is a research fellow at the University of Adelaide. Carolyn, welcome, and let's start at the beginning. Doris, born in Norwood in 1901. How did she end up on a wheelchair? Well, Doris, as you say, she was the eldest of four, and she had a couple of childhood accidents. She, When she was seven, she fell off a ladder, and that left her with a bad limp. And then a few years later, um, she had another fall that sort of compounded the damage, and that left her paralysed. So she was in and out of hospital for a very long time and had several operations, and she was often sort of encased in plaster and unable to move. Uh, so she ended up... Um, in a wheelchair and she was only able to move her head and her arms and her fingers and her shoulders, which she used to steer her wheelchair with. Doctors uh, recommended placing her in uh, the home for incurables, but her mum refused. That's right. I mean, I think we can see um, where uh, Doris got her her hard-headedness from. She had a very strong advocate in her mother who took her home and, and looked after her, which she actually had to have a lot of people looking after her during the day. Now, her condition was exacerbated by uh, painful rheumatoid arthritis and that rendered her fingers stiff and twisted. That's right, and it was also terribly painful, so she was in pain for most of the time. So she wasn't able to use her fingers to type. She became a one-finger typist um, and she used a portable typewriter and despite the pain she was in, she accomplished a lot. You make the point that Don Riley noted uh, she could move Little else except other people off their behinds. I like that. (laughs) She was a mover and shaker, that's for sure. (laughs) Now, the Great Depression, Doris is appalled by the sight of uh, kids going hungry at school. What does she do about it? Yes, well, the school was near where she lived and one day she noticed a small boy taking sandwiches from a box in the playground and the box had been placed there by well-meaning teachers. It was a kind thought so that, you know, children that had excess lunch could put some aside for those children. But, of course, that was really singling these children out and she saw the humiliation of this little boy. Um, so she decided that she would do something about it. Um, obviously, she had no children at the school, but that didn't stop her. Um, she, on her initiative, they set up a small soup kitchen at the school and they charged a penny a serve and so those who couldn't afford it didn't have to pay, but because everyone was issued with a ticket, nobody knew who had paid and who had not. So that was her old, whole idea about charity, that you know, things, people needed their dignity. Um, That's absolutely brilliant. 
the ticket mm. idea. God help us. Now, Doris gets involved in everything from the local mother's club, though, of course, she wasn't a mum, right mm. through uh, to welcoming European migrants. That's right. She was on the Good Neighbour Council, so she uh, she was helping out with everything. She was involved in a local branch, the ALP. She was working with trade unions. So she had her finger in a lot of pies. I understand that she, she worked with trade unions on the Good Neighbour Council, but I don't know what that is. Oh, it, was, it was a council that was set up to assist newly arrived migrants in the post-war years. Um, so she was uh, helping them with that. And she was, I think she was their representative on the council, actually. She must have had one of the busiest telephones in Adelaide. So I believe, yes. And it was in the days when people actually answered their telephones. So <laughs> um, she wouldn't, she had seemed to have a huge network. She had the numbers of all the politicians and all the community leaders and the, uh, the media. So uh, I understand she had Rupert, Di- Rupert Murdoch on what these days would be called fast dial. It sounds like it. And uh, so he, uh, even he was uh, bent to her will and uh, helped her out with uh, setting up a subscription for Mills on Wheels later on. Well, the trade union movement uh, couldn't have endorsed her working hours because she worked from <laughs> 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., typing That's with right. that one finger. Yep, and she also used to go out to meetings and have speaking engagements. And so, yeah, she was uh, not somebody who was going to sit on the sidelines. And it wasn't until the early 50s that she gets a motorised wheelchair. Mm, and I believe it might have been one of the first um, in Adelaide too. So she used to steer that with her shoulders and she'd be out in all sorts of weather just <laughs> getting from A to B. So she was pretty remarkable. And she used to say, heaven help any bureaucrat who gets in my way now. That's right. That's right. She'd run them down with a wheelchair, I think. Now, she was extremely well-read in politics, in philosophy, literature, the arts, and uh, taught herself several languages, including That's Russian, for heaven's sake. I know. I think she had a lot of time when she was sick and she didn't waste a second of it by the sounds of it. She, she had a very active and busy mind. Now, tell me how she uh, launched this young fellow, Dunstan, into his uh, political career. Well, she sort of... she was member of the, uh, she was actually secretary of the West Norwood sub-branch and when Dunstan and his wife then, uh, Gretel, came back to Adelaide in 1951, they settled in Norwood and they used to have open houses that Doris attended. So they sort of moved in the same circles. Um, And actually when Dunstan first came back to Adelaide, he had a lot of trouble getting a job in a law firm because of his student politics. So he decided to go out on his own but he couldn't find any office space so the story goes that Doris apparently called in some favours from a trade union contacts and found him a small windowless office in Victoria Square near the law courts. Um, so that's where he got his start. So that's one of the things that she was some practical help to him right from the beginning. So Don gets into Parliament. Then in 1954, she launches Meals on Wheels, which... Uh, of course, delivers home-cooked meals to the elderly. She was one of the early adapters of the concept, wasn't she? She was because um, actually there have been sort of home-based meal services operating in England during World War Two, During the Blitz, they, the authorities there used to deliver meals to people who were frail and, and, and in their homes. And then in South Melbourne, around the same time as... Um, Doris was looking for an idea. There was a, a woman in um, South Melbourne who was had a little tricycle and she'd deliver 
um, home-cooked meals to people in her area as well. And so Doris had heard about this and she just sort of, I guess, took it a bit step further and um, um, started Meals on Wheels from a very small beginning. And you see a hint of her genius as an organiser in the fact that she gets both Rupert and Don on the job. Exactly. Well, Rupert was, uh, he was brought in to help run a sort of a subscription, a bit of a fundraiser through the newspaper. And and Don uh, repaid um, his debts to her by uh, becoming the chairman, first chairman of Mills on Wheels in South Australia. And also he wrote the constitution for them and helped out with legal advice when they needed it, so I believe. Now, before we say goodbye, I'd like to hear from Doris herself. So here she is speaking with the ABC at a Meals on Wheels kitchen in the 1960s. Well, this is an extremely busy life. Why do you do it? Oh, a number of reasons. The main one, of course, being that years ago I discovered uh, the plight that old and sick people were in and that something had to be done about it. The next thing is a personal thing. Uh, Because I'm an invalid, um, I had to prove to myself and to other people that I could do it. And mainly, it's such a satisfying life. It gives me a reason for living. Uh, The wonderful people I work with, the gratitude of the people that get the help, but chiefly our wonderful voluntary workers uh, that I work with make life really worthwhile. Now, Meals on Wheels now delivers in excess of 10 million meals a year in Australia. Sadly, she dies quite young, doesn't she? Yes, she was only 66, but certainly her legacy lives on, Philip. To say the least. And uh, But forgotten, as I confess to you off air, I didn't know her story. So she's now found a great advocate in historian Carolyn Collins. Carolyn is a research fellow at the University of Adelaide and co-author of the book Trailblazers, 100 Inspiring South Australian Women. And you can read about the dynamic Doris Taylor at the Conversation website. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.